Imagine life for the prehistoric humans. It was a rough old time. There was danger everywhere. What do you think it might have been that put those early humans most at risk? Was it wild animals or natural disasters? Or might it have been scarcity of food or water? Well, yes, those things were dangerous. But what scenarios might have put early humans in most danger? Well, it was being alone. Half a dozen humans and we might be able to fight off a hungry lion. One human and we were dead. Hi, my name is Dr. Stan Steindl and today I'd like to talk a little bit about receiving help support, comfort and compassion from others. At the heart of our survival and thrival of our species was our tendency to gather in groups and to work together and cooperate and to look after each other. This tendency to care for one another has always been a part of how we've survived. We've looked after our vulnerable young or we've looked after each other as we've aged, or when there's sickness or injury or disability. We can also be a very cruel species, perhaps the cruelest, but overall our tendency has always been to look after one another. This is our innate compassionate motivation. One aspect of this is our ability to be open to receiving compassion from others. And as strange as this may sound, we often have a whole range of fears, blocks and resistances about doing just that. If you're interested, you could look back at one of my earlier videos that explores these fears, blocks and resistances to compassion. People often fear opening themselves up to receiving compassion from others because they believe that it will actually put them at greater risk of being hurt again. Or they may feel blocked because even when others have tried to help, they never really feel like it works or they don't feel helped. Or perhaps they feel resistant. They feel like receiving compassion from others is a sign of weakness. I should be able to cope on my own. Often people's reservations about opening themselves up to receiving compassion from others comes from their life experiences, the things that they've experienced growing up or at early stages in their life. For example, people might develop a fear of receiving compassion from others out of experiences where caregivers, those who by rights should have been looking after them, were actually the very people who hurt them or shamed them or told them that they should cope on their own. When our caring system becomes all mixed up with our threat system, then the idea of receiving compassion from others becomes itself a threat and very, very complicated. Difficult emotional memories like this can be a big part of it, 
but most people feel certain reservations to actually opening themselves up to receiving compassion from others. And it matters because we know from past research that higher fears of receiving compassion can be related to greater psychological distress, such as anxiety or depression. In terms of living a more compassionate life, we want to be able to show compassion to others. We want to develop our own self-compassion. And we also want to practice being open to receiving compassion from others. We want to find the right balance. So how might we do that? Well, first, if you think about it, fears, blocks and resistances to receiving compassion actually arise out of the threat system. If we can recognize that, then we know that in many ways those fears, blocks and resistances are actually coming from the familiar threat protection system. Understanding that, accepting that, and perhaps even bringing self-compassion to our own fears, blocks and resistances is an important place to start. Second, as always, we bring it back to the body. We try to find a compassionate posture. We lift our head and bring a friendly expression to our face. And then we start to slow the breathing with soothing rhythm breath. We're trying there to cultivate a sense of strength and groundedness. Third, we tap into wisdom. Now this can be tricky sometimes, but with enough time and space, we can tap into our inherent wisdom about just what it is we need in terms of help from others. Fourth, where and from whom might we be able to find the kind of help, support, comfort or compassion that we need? This can also be tricky because in this day and age, a lot of people feel quite isolated or even lonely. Perhaps there is a family member or a friend, or perhaps there's a neighbor or somebody from your community, or perhaps there's somebody that you haven't been in touch with for some time, but you feel like they might be someone who can give you some of the help that you need. And sometimes it's professional help that we need, whether it be health or mental health professionals, legal or financial professionals, and so on. Now, remembering the three flows of compassion, and there is that flow of compassion towards others. So at this point, it can sometimes be worth just stopping to think, can I identify anybody in my orbit who might themselves be isolated or lonely or in need of some sort of help. Fifth, making contact. Now this step takes an enormous amount of courage to actually make contact with somebody who you think might be able to help. Once we identify somebody who might be able to help in this way, then we reach out and start a conversation. I wondered whether you would mind having a chat about a few things. I'm really struggling at the moment with my anxiety and it would really help if you could hear me out for a bit and tell me what you think. Again, 
It takes a lot of courage, but with a little bit of preparation and careful selection about who you think could help, then opening yourself up to receiving compassion from others can have enormously positive effects. Well, see what you think. Let me know in the comments below if you have any thoughts or questions about opening yourself up to receiving compassion from others. And maybe give it a little try when an opportunity arises. I really appreciate you watching this video and I wish you all the best as you continue on your compassionate journey.